You're listening to the King's Church Podcast. Visit us online at kingswisbeach.org.uk. If you've got your Bibles with you today, turn to the book of Acts, chapter 16, or indeed, if you've got it as an app on your phone, click over to the book of Acts, chapter 16. Now, Keith, when he put the whole series together, um, chose a mammoth chunk of scripture, absolutely huge. And if I was to preach it all, we'd be here till next week. So you'll be glad to know I'm not preaching all of it. I've chosen two sections. And even then, I think I'm going to sort of have to quickly summarize the second part to fit it in in the time. But I will read the first bit. All right. So this sermon is continuing the series that we've been looking at um, called Mission Possible. All right. And we've been following some of the early disciples in the book of Acts as they've been going out on mission to share Jesus with others. And today I've called my sermon, God Will Make a way. God will make a way. Now, last week, one of the things I mentioned in my sermon was, well, I asked this question, who's, we're talking about ministry and all the, what that is and all that kind of stuff. So if you missed it, do check it out on the website. It will make sense of other things as well. But I asked, whose ministry is it anyway? Because we have this tendency to, you know, It's our ministry, it's me doing stuff. Well, actually, it's not us. It's about Jesus. It's not my ministry or your ministry. It's Jesus' ministry in the same way as our church isn't Clive's church or Keith's church or whatever. It's Jesus' church. And actually, that's what sovereign means. When we sing, you are sovereign, over us, we're saying, you're in charge. You're in control. You are sovereign, Jesus, not us. It's, it's your ministry, not ours. So today I'm going to be exploring this point a little bit deeper. The first passage comes from Acts 16, and we're going to start at verse 6 and go through to verse 10. So, Paul and his companions traveled through the region of Phygra and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. When they came to the border of Mysia, they tried to enter Blythenia. Excuse my pronunciation. I bet you my Greek's as good as yours, but there you go. But the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. So they passed by Mysia and went down to Troas. During the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Okay, we're going to start here. So this is continuing the the, the ministry journey that Paul and, and his companions are on. We talked last week about how 
It's not just about Paul. He takes someone else along, others to train them up as, as he goes. And notice how in this passage that the Holy Spirit is firmly in control and how Paul and Timothy trusted and obeyed the leading of the Holy Spirit. It brings to mind Jesus when he was on earth. He told us, didn't he, that I only do what I hear my Father telling me to do, asking me to do. He was constantly in communication. And he didn't do stuff that he wasn't told to do. He just did what he was told to do and didn't do the stuff he wasn't told to do. Okay? And here we see they're on this journey, off they go, um, and the Holy Spirit is involved in the process. So too for us in living out our faith, in our witness to others, in our ministries, whatever shape or form these ministries have, we need to be listening to and obeying the leading of the Holy Spirit. In our passage, the Holy Spirit tells them, don't speak here, move on. But then you think, well, didn't Jesus say, go into all nations and tell everyone all about Jesus and preach the good news? That's what Jesus said. But actually the Holy Spirit here is saying, well, in this situation, actually the best thing now for you in this situation, rather than the general commission Jesus gave, says not, not now. We may not know why, it, you know, what's going on in the lives of those people. I don't know, but God does. You need to be listening to the Holy Spirit. Move on. Don't, don't talk here. Keep going. So off they go. They obey. And they trust. They also attempt to go to Blithynia. Blithynia. How do you say that, Fiona? Bithynia. Bithynia. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll believe you. <laughs> but they were prevented because the Holy Spirit said no. Okay, we don't know how. Maybe, maybe it was in words. Maybe it was through circumstances. I don't know. Maybe there was a border patrol or something that they came across and, and their way was blocked. God could have been talking through circumstances earlier. Clive was saying, how does the Holy Spirit talk to us? Circumstances, it could be one of the ways, as well as through prayer and dreams and scripture and listening to the counsel of others and all the other things that we mentioned. But then Paul has a vision. Ha! Huh, another way that the Holy Spirit can communicate. He has a vision and he obeys what is communicated. God calls them to Macedonia. So off they go. A.W. Tozer, great author, has this to say about obedience. He says, I believe that trust and obey are like two wings of a bird. A wise old writer once wrote, two wings of a dove don't weigh her down. She rises by means of them. Trust and obey are the two wings of the Christian. We trust and we obey. We obey because we trust. And we trust in order that we might obey.
If we try to obey without faith, we get nowhere. And if we try to have faith without obedience, it ends in nothing. See, it's God's ministry. He will guide us in it. He doesn't give us a ministry or calling and then leave us high and dry, scrambling in the dirt trying to make sense of it all. He wants to speak to us. He is the leader. It's his ministry after all. We need to simply stop and focus on him and ask him where to go, what to do, what to say, or indeed what not to do or not to say. And then trust and obey. The second part of the story that I'm not going to read in full, but this is the advantage if you have a Bible with you or the Bible app or something, you can be scanning through this as I continue. It's still from Acts 16, and it's the bit about Paul and Silas in prison. That starts at verse 16 and goes on until verse 40. But I will quickly summarize it for you. So they have continued, gone somewhere else even, and are continuing in their ministry, teaching about Jesus. They come across a demon-possessed girl who was um, sort of telling the future. And the Bible doesn't say that God told them to, to deal with this, but they do deal with it. So based on what we've been learning so far, they're trusting and obeying. So, okay, they trusted and obeyed, and they've dealt with this demonic spirit. And the girl has been freed and healed. She had people um, sort of in charge of her, making money off her because she was sort of fortune telling. They were very cross, hauled Paul and his companions in front of the magistrates. These men are causing a ruckus, they're causing a disturbance, so they get thrown in jail, the inmost part of the jail. Whilst they're there, In the middle of the night, they start singing and praying and worshipping. And while they do that, an earthquake happens and all the doors of the jail pop open. And the jailer freaks out. He thinks, oh goodness, they've all run away. Not just I'm going to lose my job, he's almost probably going to get executed because the entire jail managed to escape on his watch. So he was terribly scared. Paul says, don't worry, mate, we're all still here. Don't don't go and do that. That causes the jailer to get saved and his whole household. And then in the morning, word comes that says, oh, terribly sorry, Paul, you're free to go. Anyway. Right, so that was it in summary form. You can read it for full in yourself there, Acts 16. Right. But we see that they were continuing to minister They were doing what the Holy Spirit was telling them to do. We've just heard that they didn't do what they weren't supposed to do. So here they are doing something. So it was what they were supposed to be doing. The Holy Spirit was in it, guiding them, directing them, do this. So they were. But what happens? There's trouble. Okay? Trouble comes. I thought God was in this. Why is there trouble? I thought the Holy Spirit asked us to minister here. Why are we being thrown into jail? You see, we're not immune from trouble as Christians. 
Choosing to follow Jesus doesn't give you a get out, a get out of jail free card. I write it with a story as a tip. Uh, but it doesn't make you immune from trouble. Sometimes it can cause trouble. They cast this demon out and it caused them trouble by obeying the Holy Spirit. Sometimes the ministry invites trouble. Sometimes what God says and what the world says clash against each other. Think of Christians in China or North Korea, for example. A time may come for us too when we need to stand for the word of God over and above the law of the land. Only if the law of the land is in direct conflict and violation of the word of God. Because we are answerable to a higher authority. But see, God is still in charge, despite the hardship. We see them at midnight singing hymns, worshipping. The violent earthquake happens, the, the, the doors all open, the jailer gets worried. We, we've, we've just heard the story. We often say, and we even sung it in one of the songs this morning, that what the enemy means for evil, God can turn it for the good of those who love him and he will turn it according to his purposes. Lots of that verse gets left out sometimes, especially on posters or coffee mugs or whatever. It just says, God works all things for the good. Well, for those who love him. You've got to love God. You've got to be following him. Right. It's in the hardship and suffering where sometimes God can rarely speak to us. It's in the trial it's in the fire where our faith can go deeper and be made stronger. In times of suffering, we should turn to God and completely rely upon him because it's his ministry. He is in charge. So we need to rely upon and follow him. You know, sometimes things just happen. We live in a broken and fallen world and sometimes the brokenness of the world affects us we're talking about that online on Friday conversations just one or two weeks ago that can happen sometimes it could be a direct spiritual attack because the enemy is trying to prevent the ministry of God from happening he doesn't want the kingdom of God to advance the enemy doesn't want Wisbeach to get better. He wants it to get worse. He doesn't want people to know about Jesus or to be saved. He will throw mud at those trying to follow God. He will attack. He'll try to infiltrate and cause things to happen that may get someone thrown into jail or whatever. Firstly, we need to do everything we can as a body, we've been talking about being a church, being in this together. And together, we need to do everything we can to keep the enemy out of the church. He has no place. He has no right, and he certainly has no authority in the church. That's not meeting on a Sunday. That's us as a group, as a body of believers. 
We are the church, so we need to keep Satan out of our lives, not just for our sakes, but for the sake of everybody else in the church. You know, when we sin, it doesn't just affect us and our relationship with God, it also has a knock-on effect. Have you noticed when someone else sins, it can hurt you? Yeah? Someone else makes a huge mistake, but you also can get hurt. We need to guard against sin, not just for ourselves, but for the sake of the church as well. We need to keep Satan out. If you're struggling, ask a mature Christian to help you. Be accountable to them. Don't give Satan a foothold. And secondly, just like we see Paul and his companions here locked up in the deepest, darkest part of the jail in the middle of the night, what do they do? They worship. They pray. Why? Well, often in American movies, especially when there's football involved, I know nothing about American football. I don't understand it. No matter how many movies I watch, I don't know, you have helmets on and you all bash heads together and throw a ball around. I don't know. But one of the sayings that they say is, a great defense or the best defense is a good offense. And that's actually really good. We need to go on the offensive. Don't just sit there and take a battering. Fight back. Do something. I don't know if, if you're aware, but I, I'm certainly aware that our church at the moment is under spiritual attack. You may not know it. You might know it. You might have sensed stuff is going on. You might have sensed yourself because you're part of the church. You might have sensed, I'm finding this really difficult or this temptation keeps popping up or whatever. And in a number of different ways and areas, I'm aware that, that the church is under attack at the moment. We need to remember that, you know what, it's okay because it's Jesus' ministry, not ours. It's Jesus' church. We're advancing. We're making a difference. We're having an impact. So Satan's trying to get in the way, mess things up. Our primary battleground is in the spirit against heavenly powers and authorities. We don't go out and buy guns and start doing target practice in the, in the, in the park, do we? That's not our response, right? That's, that's very physical and in this realm. No, we need to do battle in the spirit. We pray just like Paul did, prayed, worshipped in the midst of it. It's his ministry, so we pray to him. You know what? This is why we have the prayer meeting at half past nine, Sunday morning, before church. That's why it's so important. We're under attack, guys, and we need to go on the offensive together. Not just, oh, well, Fiona will be there, so, you know, that's all right. Don't worry, I'll, I'll enjoy my, my, my Weetabix and 
which will come later. We're in this together. And if you're part of the church, you're under attack too. There's great power in corporate prayer. Agreement, prayers of agreement are really amazing and strong. So if you haven't heard the rally cry until now, hear it now. This is a call to prayer. This is a call to the church, the whole church. So yes, I'm talking to you, talking to me. We need to go on the offensive because we're in this together. We need to stand together and we need to fight together. We hear the next morning in our story, the word comes that they're to be released. Even more positive news. Fantastic. The ministry continues. They go on their way. They move to the next place. They continue to trust and obey the leading of the Holy Spirit. You know what? They also land up in trouble again. They do. And again. And again. But they continue to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit because it's God's ministry after all. You see, no matter what situation we find ourselves in, if we are following the leading and guiding of the Holy Spirit, if we are trusting and obeying, He will make a way. There's a great song, and I used to go to a fairly large church in Zimbabwe, and every now and then the pastor would just stand up, or in the middle of a sermon or whatever, and you'd say, oh, you know what? We need to sing this song again. And the musicians weren't prepared or whatever, so he just says, turn to your neighbor and start singing. So we'd all turn to our neighbors. But it was great. It was a way of encouraging each other. God will make a way. Where there seems to be no way. He works in ways you cannot see. He will make a way for you. God will be your guide. Hold you closely to his side. With love and strength for each new day. He will make a way. 